Today we're going to talk about Black Widow and Loki. Did Black Widow uh, have a special title to it? I don't remember. No, just Black Widow. Just Black Widow. All right, I'm sitting here with Gerald and Robert. You guys all know Robert, but Gerald's a special guest. I'm saying your name right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I get kept, a lot of different versions of it, but that's right. <laughs> you, you know what I said once to Kinsey? Uh, I called you Jarrell. <laughs> that, yeah, that's probably the most common one I get. I get some <laughs> some Jared and things like that. I get Carol occasionally, some random ones. Wait, but yeah, Gerald's <laughs> right. <laughs> well, Jarrell, Jarrell is Superman's dad, so that's kind of cool. So uh, what, what were your first impressions of uh, Black Widow? I, I thought it was really good. I had a little bit more time to, to you know sit on it than you guys. I think I saw it first. And and, um, you know, after the kind of honeymoon phase in my mind, I'm, I'm like, eh, it, it could have been better, but it was still pretty good. Still pretty good? Yeah. How about you? What, what did you think? I liked it. I think that it's in turn, it's hard to compare Marvel movies sometimes with how kind of big they've gotten. But in terms of like kind of like self-enclosed movies, I thought it was pretty good. Yeah. It yeah. Was good. It was a fun movie to watch. Yes. I agree. I I wasn't sure what to think from the, the preview. I thought the preview looked really good, but, you know, sometimes they put everything good in the preview but i was i was actually very well entertained i really like oh, what's his name from uh stranger things Dave oh, yeah. <laughs> his character cracked me up <laughs> he reminded me a lot of myself because he was always making jokes and everyone else everyone has left the room by the time he's made his jokes <laughs> and it happens here in my house all the time <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of which, sorry, I watched, I finally watched Nobody last night. Uh huh. And I'm surprised he didn't crack a joke about people like he's trying to talk to just keep dying. Right. Yeah. I, that's... I, I was waiting for like the, oh, you're bored to death, really, like lying or something. <laughs> and he never said it. But <laughs> anyway, sorry. No, no, I get it. I, that, I could see that. That movie was fun. It wasn't the greatest story, but it was a lot of fun. <laughs> it could have been. But uh, sadly, I, I feel the same way about um, uh, Black Widow. I was kind of hoping that in a way it would have been more grounded because Black Widow is just human. Mm, yeah. You know, as grounded as a Marvel movie can be, but I think they kind of went off the deep end making her invincible for a lot of these things, which I wanted, I was hoping for a little bit grittier, like oh, spy, spy espionage, like mystery, uh, Mission Impossible movie uh, out of this. And they kind of did it on surface level, but then there's certain parts where I'm like, okay, her leg would be broken. Oh, this would happen. Oh, she survived this explosion. And it's, it, I mean, that's par for the course sometimes in Marvel movies, and they can get away with it because, hey, super humans or, you know, whatever. But when it's Black Widow, it just, it stuck out to me a bit. I can see that. Yeah. Yeah. Like, because I think kind of the, it reminded me a lot of Captain America, the Winter Soldier. I think it's kind of the, you know, spy thriller, everything like that. And you can get away with that in Captain America, but yeah. Black Widow doesn't have, you know, anything. It's just kind of her, you know, even if you take any of the, any of the widows or anything, they're all, you know, they're all just people who are just well trained is kind of the, the big thing. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I did notice there was some over the top action scenes especially when she blew out of that building and fell, what, like six stories and then swung <laughs> back in. You know, you're like, wait a minute. <laughs> and then yeah. even in the skydiving scene, that skydiving scene, she would have chopped her sister in half <laughs> at that yeah. speed. I know it's just something that stuck with me that I'm like, you know, other action movies where, you know, it's a bunch of spies and like explosions and stuff. There's the action movies that get it right where it's, you know, just believable enough. And there's some that are just over the top. Like, oh, I hate to say this. I watched F9, Fan Fast and the Furious <laughs> 9 in theaters. My friend 
told me, I know you don't want to see this. I just want to see a movie in the theater with you. I'll I'll pay for your ticket, man. And that's like there's they're super heroes at this point. They're superhumans. Nothing hurts them. And they even joke about it in the movie. But that's kind of how Black Widow was, too, where it was just like this unbelievable stuff happens. And pretty much everybody walks away. No problem. Yeah, you're right. You're right. It's it, it is a little borderline action fantasy. Yeah, it, it is. I was just going to say, I like the character stuff more. I actually wish that they went more character oriented than action oriented. Right. Because especially when you get all four of them together, uh, Scarlett Johansson, Rachel Weisz, uh, Florence Pugh and uh, David Harbour. I mean, Mm -hmm. you could have really developed that. I mean, they weren't real family. They were basically adoptive. Did you notice his name was Alexei, just like the Russian from Stranger Things? Do you think oh, they did that on purpose? Yeah. <laughs> I just figured it's a common Russian name. Oh, maybe. I just thought that was funny. <laughs> the one thing I didn't think was um, on accident was the main bad guy. They really, I think they really tried to make him look like uh, Martin Scorsese. Oh, yeah. I could see that. <laughs> yeah. Because he, he said, like, these Marvel movies aren't real movies. They're just like roller coasters, blah, 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 trashing them. I think it was their way of kind of getting back a little bit. That, uh, you're talking about Drakoff? Yeah. Yeah, is that, I think that's how you say it. Yeah, uh, Ray Winstone's character. Yeah, I, I could see that. Yeah. What did you guys think of, what was her name? Red, was it the Red Room Widow? The, the adversary? Yeah. Is that her name? Red Red Room Widow? Who are you talking about? Jade Ma's char- character? Like the main, like the villain, like the main. Oh, Taskmaster? It was yeah. it Taskmaster? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that was Taskmaster. With the skull helmet? Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's that's supposed to be Taskmaster. Huh. They, like, hint at it once where I think it's when Yelena, like, actually escapes and they know and they're like, oh, we have to activate the, the Taskmaster protocol, I think is how they, like, hinted at the middle uh, name. But, yeah, I that was the – I think that was the only, like, formal introduction that they were trying to, like, hint at and introduce her. Because uh, when, when I looked it up on IMDb, uh, her character's name is not that. It's like it's seriously like I think it's it's either Red Widow or Red Room Red Widow. It's like it's like a tongue twister. I think yeah, and I think that that's what they were trying to do intentionally. Is that's like mask the, the plot twist is no one knew who was playing Taskmaster the uh, whole time. Like in the so I know cool. like all the posters and stuff they put out, it was all like in costume, and I think the twist was that it was that it ended up being her Antonia. Cool. Yeah. I, I thought the fight choreography was excellent for the most yes. part. Yes. And and I did like how they poked fun at Black Widow's signature drop. <laughs> the pose. Her sister make fun of it in there and then do it. <laughs> and then and then get kind of upset that she did it. <laughs> that was good. Yeah, I, was I, I like those kind of moments. Yeah. Yeah, where it makes fun of itself. I, I appreciated that. Yeah. Yeah. I got I got to say, because we've waited almost a year and a half for this to actually be released, um, initially I thought Taskmaster was going to be uh, O.T. Fagbenli oh. uh, mm. from uh, The Handmaid's Tale because mm. he's one of those, like, they made a, a point to, like, you know, really put his name out there, but you didn't know what character he was playing. Mm. So I was like, okay, that's going to be the twist. It's going to be him. So I was, I was surprised, at least. And I could see that, yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. That's yeah, no, it made it made sense for the movie. It doesn't make sense for, you know, those who know the comics and the character. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, it's not taking, you know, it's not really dumping on the character as much as, like, let's say the Mandarin was. Right. Mm-hmm. Those are the main two characters that I feel like they didn't do comic book accurate. But yeah. I'm kind of OK with Taskmaster. 
Yeah. There's some cool, and Taskmaster had some cool moments. That's another character that you're like, oh, I wish they would have had more screen time, like, because it was just so cool. But, like, I went back and watched some clips after the movie of, like, all the different styles and the way that they explained it through, like, it's not, like, the exact mirroring. It's, you know, using technology and stuff. But, like, how, like, all the different heroes that Taskmaster actually mimics. Like, <laughs> yeah. their it was actually kind of cool how they did it, like, studying not it's not just mimicking Natasha or Elena or anyone. It's mimicking even people they fought with and fought against and stuff, which is kind of cool. Mm-hmm. That was a cool angle. Yeah. And how they kind of showed it through the first person mm-hmm. view. So you could see what what's happening. That was pretty cool. Yeah, absolutely. Now, I don't know how to put this, but um, <laughs> were, you, were you guys happy with how they basically just like immediately had Natasha like try to live this simple, quiet life and then just immediately like, oh, no, I have to do this thing. Did that feel OK to you guys? Or what did you think about that? Like she could have just been laying low between Civil War and Infinity War, just dyed her hair. <laughs> yeah. Like, is this would you say in the grand scheme of things, is this movie necessary? For the MCU? That's a loaded question because I know <laughs> I know that um, society has demanded a Black Widow movie. I know that I, I wanted a, a Black Widow movie sooner than this. Yeah. But yeah, I don't feel that this story was necessary. I think it's a plus. Yeah. But it does feel a little pushed. And that beginning story where they're like basically – tipping their hat to the show Americans, which I love where they're, you know, living here as a uh, American family and their fake family, which apparently did happen in the eighties as spies and they completed their mission and then they had to bolt. I, I felt like that was cool. Like that was a cool beginning, but then there was like, I felt like there was this like moment where it was really slow for like 25 minutes. There was this one section where um, I think it's when they're all back together in the, hideout or a cabin Mm. and they're all back together and there's like this 25 minutes of dialogue and you're like is something going to happen before Drakoff's peep showed up right is that who came after him and started shooting them with uh tranquilizer darts (laughs) oh you mean like that when all four of them got together you and all four of them got together yeah Uh, not when they broke him out of prison that part was cool yeah but mm -hmm. i see what you mean as far as rushing it yeah i have to do this thing let's get him out like i thought that was I could see how that you could see that was rushed, given in the grand scheme of where the movie takes place. Well, it's just there's what a two or three year gap between Civil War and Infinity War in their universe. Right. So it's just like they're going to spend the time focusing like on this one part of her in hiding which she's not really hiding that well doing all this crazy destruction in, in you know throughout the world but i just i just keep thinking that if this was shot and released after civil war that it would be a bigger stepping stone a bigger deal mm-hmm. but because it came out now after we know what happens to black widow is it just something that Scarlett Johansson was in contract for, was part of her contract that she had to have a, a, her own standalone movie? And yeah, it was fun. I just don't know the necessity of it. You know, not to say that it was bad or, you know, they shouldn't have made it, but it's just like in the big scheme of things, was it necessary? So. And I think a big part of that will be like, <laughs> like looking back, like depending on if they actually do anything with some of these characters, like if Taskmaster makes another appearance, if they do something more mm. with the Widow, who have been freed and kind of can play into that i know that the like the end credit scene like hinted at like like 
Florence Pugh's character, like, oh, doing more kind of in combination with some stuff on Falcon and the Winter Soldier, stuff like that. Like, okay, and setting up some more stuff. And then you can look back and be like, okay, cool. Like that happened. But by itself, it's like, is it, you know, it's, it doesn't seem as, like you said, like in between Civil War and Infinity War would have been a lot better. Like the actual chronological place for it would have been a great spot for it leading into all the kind of bigger stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, there's no change in the past. There's no, you know, making it happen like that now. But yeah, it, it, its main purpose, other than that post credit scene, seems to be just like a vehicle to make uh, Yelena, Florence Pugh's character, you know, a uh, central part of the new MCU going forward. So theoretically, uh, she'll show up in uh, Hawkeye's show. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Right. Which I, I like the characters. I mean, other than Rachel Wise's character, they didn't give her much because she's yeah. the last to be recruited and everything. They didn't have her do too much. But I, I did like uh, Yelena and I did like, um, yeah, David Harbour, uh, Red Guardian. Red, Red Guardian was just so funny. Like, <laughs> good comic relief, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. And they still never explained. I was hoping that a, one, a, like a mid-credit scene, would pop out and just be like him, like talking to Steve Rogers, and then it turns out to be a scroll. It's like you never beat me. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, I was waiting was for so something like that. Cool. They, they never. He talked about it a couple of times, and they never had closure on it. So I was like, oh. <laughs> right. <laughs> that would have been awesome. Yeah, because it's not like he's. It's not like he's uh, just making it up. I mean, I think that he really believes that that's who he fought. But if you're looking at it, like, there's no way that he really fought. You know, Steve Rogers is going to be some other. Because he was so gross. (laughs) And at that in that era, it wouldn't have been um, Isaiah Washington either. I think so. Oh, right. Because he said he was. Yeah, that was my first thought was like, oh, yeah, since we already we know who this is now is. I don't know if that one fits as well either. Yeah. I think it's just full of crap. (laughs) Or it's a variant. (laughs) That would be funny, actually. (laughs) They could could work that into Loki season two. Oops, spoiler alert. (laughs) (laughs) I I think uh, enough people watch Loki, you know? Yeah, yeah. It got it got pretty popular. It got more popular than Falcon Winter Soldier. Yeah, I think yeah, the first the first episode of it I think was the most watched one on Disney Plus, or at least between the Marvel. I'm not sure if it's all of them or just the Marvel ones, but it was like that first Wednesday one was really high up in the ratings. Right. Yeah, I don't know if it would beat out the Mandalorian for ratings or not, but they yeah, usually. Yeah, they they usually don't post numbers like a lot of streaming mm-hmm. services. They just like to keep it private. So mm-hmm. if they're giving away numbers, it means that it's good. So there's that. Going back to Black Widow. So her as a character, I mean, it's it's obvious that she's kind of close, kind of a closed off character. And she, you know, she needed these other people to kind of try and connect with. And I'm kind of glad, like, I liked the, the, the scene at the dinner table where she's basically telling them all to shut up. They're not real family, stuff like that, because she's always <laughs> been a closed off person that, you know, obviously doesn't believe in having a real family or whatever. But, yeah, I just I wish there was more closure to that, you know, seeing her more like opening up and, you know, being stubborn, basically. Towards the end, I mean, she she felt more like a family with those misfits, yeah. so to speak. I, f- I feel like they grew closer in the end because they they completed this task together and there was some forgiveness but i also 
she realized that she has a family too with the Avengers. Um, and I liked how it segue to, I'm going to go save my, my family or well, cause I guess they're all in jail. Right. <laughs> but in all fairness, Clint yeah. and, uh, Scott Lang, they took plea deals. So she oh. only saved the Falcon. Right. Poor Falcon. <laughs> so he was just stewing in prison, waiting for her. Yeah. She's like, oh, where's everybody else? Was that like three years <laughs> he was there? <laughs> yeah. I mean, for a while. That's wrong. Yeah, but Clinton and uh, Scott were under house arrest. They were on house arrest. Yeah. Was, and War Machine, wasn't he? What was he doing? No, he, he was, was on the other side. On he was Sol- on the other side. That's paralyzed. right. Paralyzed. Yeah. I think it's when oh, yeah, right. he was having Tony. See, and if I was War Machine talking about all these stories and Black Widow just rings up, oh, yeah, I destroyed this huge R- Russian operation and uh, I fell you know, 5,000 feet skydiving, I'm okay. I would be pissed. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and he's like, what? Yeah, that's Excuse like, me. Yeah, I know how it feels. It's <laughs> <laughs> oh, like, why is it more real- realistic for him? <laughs> I, I know. And he has an Iron Man suit. Oh, whatever. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that made no sense. Yeah. There's that Good part point. <laughs> that makes me uh, more excited for, uh, what are they going to call it? Armor Wars. Mm-hmm. The shows that he's going to be part of. And he got an, Emmy nomination <laughs> for his two-minute cameo in Falcon Winter Soldier. That's in the crazy. First episode of that show. Yeah. <laughs> it it has no bearing on the whole rest of the show. It was just it was basically fan service to be like, hey, right, these people are in the universe too, and he's gotten uh, his eleventh Emmy nomination for it. And so that would just he said like that would be the most fitting thing that I lost all these ten before it. And I get it for a two minute cameo. <laughs> like, that's wild. You know, he's going <laughs> to. That's almost as weird as uh, The Martian winning Best Comedy. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's almost as weird. Almost. <laughs> but yeah. Any other ideas on Black Widow? Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm, I can't wait to get to Loki. So I think we should just hop in, hop into just segue into Loki. What do you think? <laughs> It was nice to be able to go watch a Marvel movie in theaters. Like that was that was part of the cool experience. That was nice being able to do that. Even you know pushbacks. It was a that was a good movie to kind of go and watch in, in theaters and kind of have that one. So nice. Yeah. And you nice both one. got you both saw it in theaters. Yes, so, pretty cool. But this was I think this was also the first one that premiered on Disney Plus too. Oh, yeah, the, right. first, the first Marvel movie that they did like the Disney Plus premiere like joint premiere with, and so I think that's that's going to be some type of milestone. Being able to watch a Disney or watch a Marvel movie at home, like, is a yeah. It was I I I did the first uh, movie that came out that was supposed to be in theaters that I watched at home. I think on Disney Plus anyway was um, Corella. Mm. We we streamed that and um, yeah, that was cool. Just because you know it's a Disney movie, my kids were into it and it was really good. But yeah, this watching it from home as a the first Marvel movie, yeah, it was really good. It was really cool. And I didn't have to put up with uh oh no, I did actually. My kids were they were talking a bunch. <laughs> there actually, there was one point where I was like, go in the other room if you're not gonna watch. <laughs> I paid thirty bucks for this. <laughs> actually, wait, come back here and sit down and watch. Yeah, I just <laughs> I mean, but that's good. So Disney Plus, I mean, honestly, I'm happier with the Pixar movies they've been giving out for free. Yeah. But it is nice to have the option for the premiere access because I did the same thing with Cruella. But uh, what was it? Raya. And then mm-hmm. uh, before that, it was Mulan, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Those two I didn't really care about seeing early. 
yeah, it's it's kind of exciting that they're going to have Marvel movies as part of it. And this is the first Marvel movie of this year, and there's still three left. There's yeah, three that's, more. That's yeah. the wild part. We're nuts. It's going to be a good year. <laughs> and I hope. think what at Let's least hope. at least a couple more series, too, coming out. Like, they got a lineup. Yeah, they do. Oh, yeah. They yeah I can't some. wait. All right, James. You're, like, right, foaming at the it. mouth. Let's talk about Loki. Let's do it. Let's. Where do we start? Where do we start with these masterpieces? <laughs> Let uh, me. I, can I? Can I just start with uh, how Charlie felt about the show? Yeah, go for it. Charlie, every episode would turn to me. Tom Hiddleston. Mm. Really? And, th- and then when <laughs> Sylvie shows up, oh Sylvie. Mm. Really? <laughs> <laughs> so that's what Charlie. <laughs> To, to put it, you know, very simply, but I mean, I really enjoyed it. Um, I know some people weren't on board with the first episode, which I like the weirdness of every episode. It just got weird and weirder for me. And I'm all for that weird side of Marvel. Mm-hmm. I mean, I have to like I, I have to take my hat off to the creators of the show just because the concept alone. I mean, it really grabbed my attention. And I like how they just take this one moment from Endgame. And turn it into this entire story. I mean, that moment's like not even 30 seconds and then he's gone. And we don't you don't think about it. You're like, oh, Loki's gone. You know, how are they going to get that back? Right. You know, and then I, I just I just love that. And then I love that he what he ends up in the desert for like 30 seconds mm-hmm. and then he's arrested for for uh, being a, a variant and. He makes a pretty good case that at least he didn't travel back in time and screw time up. And they're mm-hmm. like, well, they're like, but well, that, that was, was supposed to, to happen. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, what? So the premise alone is just so clever. Uh, I just really enjoyed it. What, what did you guys think? I yeah. thought this might be one of the most like like comic book feeling things that Marvel has. But there's a couple things that have come <laughs> yeah. close. But this one might be like in terms of like weird and out there type stuff. I think that this one is the most well done and the most kind of put together version of it. And maybe they get a little bit of a benefit because that, you know, it's stretched out over, you know, almost six hours. But (laughs) it's, you know, it's still to be able to do that. it, It really felt like a comic book almost like watching that all the different you know weird and wacky kind of stuff that you see is in a really really good way yes yes like issue to issue yeah <laughs> just jumping to one problem to the next and all these uh wild locations and stuff and it's you know i i just feel like they did such a good job setting up i mean basically all these plots the time variance authorities uh right. you know setting up the their whole deal their their job and how you know they conduct everything and i mean it's it was really good world building and i'm glad that they yeah. took their time and uh, you know especially the the last half of the season which it's only six episodes but still um they really you know jumped and changed um like the the playing field whenever they could mm-hmm. and so it always kept me wondering I, I i love the comedy that was weaved into this but mm-hmm. it stayed serious somehow like the, like the scene when he's supposed to sign a piece of paper like a document because he's accountable for every word he says and he says what everything he says it keeps printing out and he has to sign it's so funny but yeah it's it's like serious <laughs> i love that and then the informational video when he's in line and they have to explain the what was it the variant time variant war or multi-universe war and how they had a sacred timeline and and the timekeepers that that's the whole reason for this and it's just it's just so clever the way and and it has that Jurassic Park vibe to it the dinosaurs you know when it's explaining the genetics 
Um, Dino DNA. <laughs> yeah. yeah. She had the accent and how she's explaining how there's like so many subtle references in it. And then the whole DB Cooper scene, of course. <laughs> yeah, of course she loves that. Yeah. yeah. When he's making a case for himself. <laughs> I'm just going to say really quick, isn't it great that they, for Miss Minutes, the, the little time variants character they got tara strong right who's been a prolific voice actor for decades right like and you still don't get to see her she doesn't get you know her due know. completely but it's nice to have her in there mm-hmm. such an iconic voice yeah yeah and i think to my girls she's in my little ponies she's in one of the oh. she's one of the my little ponies and they're like that's twilight sparkle dad and i'm like really <laughs> okay <laughs> that's awesome I don't know if that's her or not. They said something to that effect. <laughs> but I kind of like how Loki that he's not a fan of like Calvinism because that's what this reminds me of. <laughs> that he's more like a existentialist, and he makes that argument in this. And eventually, I think he's able to convince one of my favorite characters, uh, Morbius, Mobius. who was so what is it, Mobius? Sorry, Mobius. Like uh, Mobius, Mobius strip. Mobius. Yeah. He was so great, and that scene with him. Well, let me back up. Because that, that's further. But but when, when he escapes, I love when he runs into, I think it's Casey, the guy who's like the office mm. manager or whatever. And uh, he tells him, you're going to give me the Infinity Stone or I'm going to cut you like a fish. And he doesn't even know what a fish is. <laughs> He's like arguing with him about a fish. And then they open the drawer and there's all these Infinity Stones. He's like, oh, yeah, we use those as paperweights. There's this look on Loki's face. Where you can tell there's like this realization that his whole existence just doesn't matter. Like everything that matters in his existence doesn't matter here. (laughs) Yeah. I love that. I love it. Oh, it's so good. Wow. Love it. But what I was going to talk about after that was when they're sitting there having lunch and they're trying to find the other variant, you know, trying to figure out where this variant's hiding. And he gets the idea about where to hide. And he's using, uh, I think, his salad and some salt. And he's just ruining his lunch to explain his theory about where he could hide. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that comedy. It was so good. I don't know. I don't know. Well, I like that it was, you know, it, it was comedy to them, but it or to us. But it wasn't comedy to them because these are, you know, true at face value, they're silly circumstances. But in the universe of for them, like. It's yeah, it's like do or die. You you have to take this seriously because time variances and all that. Like right. I, I just like that that they play it so serious, but even though it's like these silly ideas that pop up. Yeah, like the salad being ruined and stuff like that. <laughs> Who's gonna eat that? Yeah. Yeah. He all he could get he's just fixated on his lunch. He's not even listening. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And then it finally hits it dawns on him. He's like, Oh, maybe that's right. And then he's like, Well, let's test his theory. And he's like, Why? So you can just run away? And he's like, No. I think Loki's I see him and I like him more now. Because I feel like there's this genuine portion to him, even though he is supposed to be the god of mischief. I think there is part of him that is truly good. And that does love Thor. And it does love, I guess, his adopted father, Odin. Mm. I don't know if it's adopted father or not, but Yeah. Uh, you don't remember the first Thor movie like everybody does. <laughs> right. It's so forgettable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, he was the baby uh, frost giant. Right, right, that's right. Odom took him, him in, but he cared more about uh, Frigga dying. Right. Oh yeah, that hurt. Oh, when they yeah. showed him what happened. Oh man, yeah. that was pretty. That was that was yeah. really well done. See, that's what I like about the first episode is it's so heartbreaking to see his world just crumble. It's not just the existentialist moment of like, oh, nothing that I'm 
you know, none of my goals matter anymore. Mm -hmm. It's also, oh my gosh, my, my parents die. Um, this is how I die. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like he has nothing to go off of. And that kind of, kind of lets him tone down a little bit and grow as right. a character. And I really liked that instead of him being like, you know, how he originally was in the MCU where, you know, he would always say that he would change and then he would backstab, change, backstab, mm -hmm. change, backstab, which is entertaining, but right. uh, it's not quite growth. Like even to his last breath, he was still, you know, sucking up to Thanos and betraying and trying to betray him. So right. it's nice to see this change in, in a character. So it's good to see how these different variants act. Yeah. Especially Sylvie, her motivation. Oh, my gosh. That was <laughs> heartbreaking. That was. Oh, man. Like, I, I mean, I kind of knew when they when uh, she was jumping bodies, I knew, oh, it's going to be a girl Loki. Mm -hmm. I just knew. I did not expect to like her as much as I did, though. Yeah. And her acting, I forget the actress name, but her range when she's when she's trying to trick that uh, that TVA agent when she's when she's in her mind and, and they're best friends and they're at the restaurant and she's acting all girly and like, I'm your best friend. You'll tell me anything. Right. And then uh, she's like, oh, yeah. And she wants to know where the timekeepers are and who guards them. And she's like, what? It's so funny, but it's not. You know, it's like, oh, my gosh, she's in her brain and <laughs> she's like messing with her. And then she changes the whole background and the whole scene. And then when yeah. they finally show you that what she's doing, you're just like, oh, my gosh, this woman's evil, you know. And then they completely turn that the twists and turns in this um, series are just so amazing. I mean, the good and the bad just switch constantly in your in your perspective. You're just like, I don't know who to root for. Always root for Owen Wilson. Owen Wilson. <laughs> that's a good I, I, I think anchor. that's the only one that stays constant. <laughs> right. That he, he has the, like, the slowest realization of like what's happening and how he can change things. And ultimately no, he doesn't, <laughs> which and is okay. How funny is it that Loki ex decides to go escape with her and betray him? Mm -hmm. And then they end up on a planet that they can't get off of and it's going to be destroyed. And like, I was thinking like, how the heck are they going to get out of that? You know, especially when the rocket took off. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. That one was like one bad thing after you keep waiting for kind of that whole episode, you're waiting for that one moment. Like, Oh yeah, they're safe. They're fine. They're everything. And then it's just like again and again and again, like <laughs> everything that could possibly go wrong goes yeah. wrong. And you're like, how are like these two, these like almighty beings, everything. And they're just like, getting Stop. hammered at every turn <laughs> yeah. which it's funny but it's also like it, i mean it's really you know building the tension and suspension mm -hmm. everything you're like okay when's this going to resolve when's this going to happen when's it you know and it's fun to watch but it's also like stressful to watch well the, wasn't the name of the planet lamentus <laughs> mm -hmm. yep <laughs> which i think so funny. Known. yeah known. <laughs> and, and then they're on that train you know and uh loki's getting drunk and he, he throws the stein down like like thor <laughs> give me another another yep yeah and, and then that song that song was so random it made me feel like lord of the rings for a second it reminded me of an aragon sing do you remember oh, the good. song yeah, yeah I, I was gonna make sure you're not talking about the hobbit one no where they sing i think it was the first hobbit movie are you are you talking about the one that's animated and they ran out of money and they because <laughs> that's terrible if you've seen the Hobbit cartoon, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> uh, yeah. You're gonna have to watch it now, Robert. <laughs> no, I, I've I've seen it. I've seen it. Oh, it's terrible. It's I know. Terrible. I know. 
that, that takes me back to elementary school when we watched it. Oh my gosh. Um, no, I thought that was fun. Like it was a joyous time. You think like, okay, this is going to be the, the quiet time before it leads up to, you know, the, this big action moment they're going to get on the spaceship and, and fly off and stuff like that. And yeah, you're right. It's, it's so stressful because it, it doesn't go down that way, but you're wrong, James. If uh, you oh. forget the spaceship explodes, right? Yeah. Nobody gets off. And that's how it was always remembered. Mm-hmm. And like that shows them that it's true. Like they're powerless to history. They're just going to have to accept their fate. And yeah, it's very, very last second that they get saved somehow by this spike. Right. So, I mean, that was one of my favorite episodes, even though that's like one of the saddest endings. <laughs> yes, it is. Yeah. <laughs> well, even that show, I mean, that episode in general just kind of gives you, you know, you have drunk Loki, which, you know, right before they're kind of talking about, you know, relationship, talking about, you know, relationships with their parents, relationships in general, and just kind of like, I mean, that one really does kind of, you know, oh, it's cool and it's fun and it's, you know, exciting. And then it's, I mean, kind of, you know, it's really deep, not necessarily dark, but it's sad. I mean, it just yeah. really kind of, it's such a back and forth which is kind of how the whole show goes. But I mean, I think that was a good <laughs> representation of, you know, kind of the overall theme of it. Is it really just kind of tugging it just about every, you know, as a viewer, tugging at everything you could possibly feel, you know, while kind of enjoying this. Right. Yeah. No, that's true. That, that was like the most like well-rounded because of all the themes and all the everything that they were doing, which I think kind of worked because it wasn't it like the middle of the season too. Like mm-hmm. episode I think three it was or four. yeah yeah it was like it was the third episode I think yeah maybe four no it was the third I think it was the third mm-hmm. but yeah I mean that's perfect like timing for you know a kind of emotional you know roller coaster like that before you know things go awry with every show you know there's always a build up to plot and it usually gets resolved in the second half or even just last two episodes of uh, most shows but yeah after that like things start to get like for them even more serious and more dire so. It was good right. to have those moments of like, you know, clarity, you know, remembering who these characters are and why we care about them and their motivations. Well, yeah. remember, remember, Sylvie um, implanted um, some memories in one of the TVA agents. She's I think it was, what was it, Hunter B-15? Was yeah. Either that, or well, the other right. one that, like, yeah, because there were two of them that she kind of like manipulated. Yeah, it was actually Hunter B-15. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, that one, yeah, the one that actually like ends up living. I think the other one, the one that she had the conversation and stuff with, I think is the one that ends up dying or the one that yeah. they, they end up dying. Yeah, the yeah, one the that TVA kills her. That's right. They, they end up, um, well, don't they? Well, yeah. I don't yeah. think they show it, but they, they, they prune her to her. Yeah. yeah. I think it's in the recording that B-15 watches. I think her, her Mobius watches that it kind of shows what they're up to. Yeah. But it wasn't implanting memories. It was like releasing them from this like mental hold oh, that yeah, the TBA yeah. put them under. And she tells her, I don't create memories. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I can't create memories. Yeah. These are real memories. And then she realizes that she was used by them. Um, yeah, that was that was pretty cool. Um, and then she's the one that ends up uh, freeing Loki and, and Sylvie, I think, when they're brought before the timekeepers. Right. And that battle scene was so cool between uh, uh, the, those two fighting the uh, TVA agents and um, what's the head honcho's name? I forget her Red name. Slayer. Yeah. Or is it or is it Ravana? Right. I think yeah, I think it's Ravana Renslayer. Yeah. Renslayer. Yeah. 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 She was actually pretty good. Um, 
But when when they cut the heads off, the timekeepers and those timekeepers before that though were so creepy. Like their their voices, their the way they boomed, the languages they were using. But when they cut the head off and and the timekeepers are laughing, that really freaked me. Out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh. That was just, and then they shut down, and you're just like, what the heck? Why were they laughing? You know? No, that was pretty cool. I mean, there's so many twists in this show just for six episodes but yeah that was one of the best ones i was ready for these characters to you know mean something in the bigger scheme of things we'll see them in stuff later down the road no they're robots (laughs) 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 that was so cool i was just gonna say really quick about uh judge renslayer i don't know if you remember her james but that's gugu mbathara who was in cloverfield paradox oh right Uh, i thought that she was awful in That's so right. I'm glad I'm glad she wasn't at least she might not be the most capable back, capable actor, but at least she was kind of, you know, pushed to the side a little bit. She I liked her character, though. I mean, mm-hmm. she's, yeah, yeah, she's the one that does the least changing and surprisingly right. the most like backstabbing. Mm-hmm. Literally. She turned out to be like the most intimidating character, I think, out of all because even she, you know, kind of and she's like kind of steadfast for all her stuff. And I think that might even be creepier than, you know, anything else in that show is that she's just kind of like, you know, Oh, that's fine. I'm still going to, you know, kill you. Still going to go after you, whatever prune you, whatever it is like that's is intense. (laughs) Yeah. Speaking of which, when she prunes Loki, I, and I was like, man, that's it. Actually going back to even when she pruned, uh, uh, Mobius, I was sad. I was so sad. I didn't want that. And then when I saw Loki it happened to Loki, I thought, oh, my gosh, did they really do that? You know, is this it? And then the what, what the way it goes is just so awesome. How it you sends them awesome to, as in sad. Well, it, no, the way it sends him to void the void. You yes. know what I mean? Yeah. And then he's standing around and you've got this weird girl looking at him and you got the classic um, Loki, who I just absolutely love. And the alligator, which is my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> There's no other way you can make that look great there's just no other way what is it the the names that they gave them in the closed captioning was classic loki kid loki alligator loki and uh boastful loki boastful. <laughs> yeah so I, I thought that was awesome but before that end credit scene like it's it's heartbreaking it is especially yeah. for mobius he's talking about like his hopes and dreams right and, you know yeah. his his idea of the tva was just shattered and he trusts loki for actually telling him the truth right and, angry at the TVA for lying uh, for so long. And then, yeah, you just see him just freaking disappear. And then it happens to Loki in the same freaking episode. Yeah. Uh, but then that end credit scene, which I believe it's the only end credit scene sets up, you know, what's going to happen that it is not the end. You're right, James, that, you know, they went into this void, but that sets off a whole great, whole lot more craziness. It does. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, in a, good way, the, in a good way. Is it the Elias that's chasing them, which is like a, a Jabberwocky, in my opinion? This almost has like a Wizard of Oz vibe to it mm-hmm. at, at that point. You know, it's kind of interesting. Like the man behind the curtain thing. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah, that's what I was picking up on. Um, I'm like, wow, this is so much like the Wizard of Oz, Alice in Wonderland. You know, there's a lot of philosophy being thrown around, you know, um, it was pretty crazy. Like free will, we're, we're toying with free will and destiny. <laughs> but I, I love that scene or she actually has, is it Sylvie actually has Ravana uh, like hostage mm-hmm. and she's trying to 
like lie to her about some sort of like device that could take her to beyond the void. Yeah. And she knows there's something's up. And when she prunes herself, like that was hardcore. <laughs> like I was not expecting that. <laughs> there's no better way for her to get to where Loki is. I mean, in my opinion. Yeah, no, that was that was good. That was clever. And, you know, being a Marvel movie, and I, I know I just complained about it with Black Widow, you assume that there's going to be a big action sequence that she's going to get out of it somehow. Right. And she's going to fight from her side. And no, she she plays it a lot smarter. I'm she glad. Yeah, yeah. It paid off. Yeah. Um, and then all the other Lokis that show up. And that was great. That was great. <laughs> yeah. There's this awful Loki battle. <laughs> but I love the power of classic Loki. They really... They really uh, stepped him up when he was building that whole castle scene when they're trying to when he's trying to hold off the uh, the Eliath and they're I mean uh, Sylvia and and uh, our Loki our variant of Loki is like whoa we have that power that's nuts you know and then they have to work together and when she was eaten I thought that was it I thought oh yep that's she's done for some reason I thought that I did appreciate them though uh, when they showed that battleship the uh, USS. I think it's Eldrith, which was uh, in the Philadelphia experiment, something I've been obsessed with since like fifth grade. I, th- I really appreciated that. So I, 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 I knew you would like that. Yeah, <laughs> you I saw knew. that and you're like, yeah, that's a James <laughs> thing. Yeah, it's just like one of the first uh, parallel universe experiments ever. They had to have it. I was going to say, that's a good one. My favorite one was just like they're passing, like driving by and you just see like the Thanos copter. Just yeah. like that was there. cool. I mean, just, and it's so like. It's another like a comic book thing. Like in the comics, it, it kind of makes a little bit more sense, and it's kind of right. you know you can be a little bit goofier. But you see it like, and it just says Thanos like cross, and I'm like, oh my goodness! <laughs> yeah. It's just like it's just this little tiny Easter egg, but it's just so funny to see just something like that like on the screen on there. It's just seeing you're like that's so cool. Like <laughs> <laughs> no, it was like I I didn't notice that till the second watch. Mm. Oh seriously? Yeah, I missed it. I don't know how I missed it. It just didn't click, I guess. But when I watched it the second time, I noticed it. Oh, no, I noticed that right away. I saw that and I was just like shaking my head. I was like, oh, my goodness. It's just like. (laughs) (laughs) That's one of the most ridiculous things they've ever put in the comics. Yeah, that's it. And they found a way. (laughs) They found a way. All the characters had like, like. Spider-Man had some weird vehicles and you're like, where does he keep these vehicles? Yeah. That's... <laughs> who, who gives had... him the money? Like, yeah. does he take that to the car wash? Seriously? Yes. <laughs> he has his spider van. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, that makes no sense. Let me park that in New York. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was cool. I really enjoyed that. But, um, <laughs> going back because you have the classic Loki thing that you're talking about, James, I love that. And that's, one of the many things I like about this being weekly is you have more time to digest these episodes. Yeah. But before the classic Loki stuff, when all these other Lokis show up basically just to uh, call themselves rulers of all Lokis and then uh, continuously backstab one another, yeah. like that's a perfect like fitting way to show Loki that like if you don't change your ways, oh, you right. doom to do this forever. And all these variants doing that just proves it. Yeah, that, that was wonderful to me. But the the classic Loki thing, somebody brought it up on Reddit, and I thought it was just, I thought it was really well done in hindsight that he, from the smallest detail he could, uh, he could remake Asgard. Yeah, 
which means, I mean, he talks about it. He's He was in hiding for a long time and they have much longer lifespans than humans. So we're talking, you know, Tom Hiddleston, Loki's like 1500 years old. Like that Loki must be like 20,000 years old. And most of it was, you know, he was alone and wasn't in contact with anybody. Yeah, that's so he story, had time to think about this. I mean, that story was amazing how he just got lonely. And the second that he came out, they got him. Yeah, that's just, oh. Uh, Wow. Yeah, he Thor. He actually missed mm-hmm. Thor. That's right. Yeah. But yeah. We're talking thousands, tens of thousands of years of him just being in hiding and lamenting what he's become and, you know, missing home and all that. And he's even joking about like all these Lokis talk about glorious purpose. It's ridiculous, blah, blah, blah. But he does have a purpose. Mm-hmm. And in a weird way, I like how it's so like self-centered on Loki, but it's not actually like self-centered on one loki right like in this in this show loki loves only himself right only takes care of himself (laughs) right but it still it still means more than one person so it still fits it still fits the character of loki like that classic loki (laughs) helps loki and sylvie uh, get away and he found his purpose right right it's great it was great and and when she gets eaten and she takes it over and then they cross over into is it the void they cross into or they it's it's the actual end. It's beyond the void, right? Yeah, I think it's yeah, it's the, it's the, the castle or the the citadel. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And the guy who's there waiting, man, like I did not expect that. Like this was not at all what I imagined, but I loved it. I love the angle they took. I like the uh the the character that they went with. Definitely more of like a it reminded me of Q from uh next generations oh yeah but but not as annoying yeah you know what i mean um it just it's just that kind of i this like this guy that's been around so long and knows every angle of everything he's almost insane you know like it's teetering on sanity because he's he knows everything up to this one point Um, yeah but he's not over the top with it like you said like q is yeah where he's like unwilling to give answers he's willing to give answers he's just like you know, it's futile to do anything else. And, like, and, and they're just not sure out. what to do with those answers because they, they're not sure if we could believe this guy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So that was an interesting angle. And they didn't give his name. They just kind of bet, beat around the bush, make you think, okay, well, you know who it is. But I, I, I knew the second I saw the actor because yeah. he very publicly got casted for Ant-Man and the Wasp. Uh, Quantumania, which is the most ridiculous title ever. I love it. <laughs> but he got cast as a very specific person uh, for that movie, and they very publicly announced it. So once I saw him, I was like, okay, that's him. That's King. Yeah, John- Jonathan Majors. Well, they call him He Who Remains in this yeah. one. I, yeah. Yeah. This yeah. Re- King the Conqueror. Oh, so good. So good. <laughs> but his story was interesting about how his variant discovered the the multiverse and how they like manipulated and had a peaceful kind of civilization until a bad variant came along and then caused a war. And then that's, I like that explanation. I like that um, retelling of the story instead of this mythos he created and then how he, this is what I really love. So I love the fact that he's so to speak, like an awful dictator, so to speak, but a necessary evil. Yes. But, the fact that he says that he's holding back a grander evil is so true because that these like necessary evils exist within systems that are beyond our control. And like removing that has a consequence. It's really interesting to me. 
the, like the hierarchy of this. And I know that probably sounds awful, but it's just an outsider's perspective that I'm someone who's politically apolitical. I don't really dip into politics too much, but I observe. And that's just something that I've witnessed. <laughs> and I like that that's in the story. It spoke to me. Well, yeah, with a with a name like, you know, Kang the Conqueror, you expect it to be kind of this, you know, this power hungry dictator that, you know, right. he, you know, he's not necessarily on like planet devouring level, but I think he's pretty close. Like he's, you know, kind of big into the whole, you know, multiverse thing and everything. And you don't expect to kind of empathize with someone like that. Like you said, no. like someone who has worked you know, even though he's labeled a conqueror or a jerk or whatever, to kind of keep this balance and hold up this system in place, even if it is, even if to some people it might seem like an imperfect system. It's still right. a system. There is still some order. You know, he defeated all of these other versions of himself. He was at war with himself. Like you don't yes. expect to empathize with someone kind of with that label, but then when you get into just which I think this it goes on to what Loki did really well is the actual dialogue within the show is right. it's not, you no, know, it's not Falcon and the winter soldier, which they didn't already, but it's not, you know, punching and beating it. You know, it's not black widow or it's just action scene, action scene. It's very dialogue heavy and how they're addressing all these problems and things like that. And that's, you know, how they went about it and how you actually grow to empathize with someone like that who, you didn't think that would be possible. But there's also, he's also got this mindset like, okay, yeah, so here's your choice. Mm -hmm. You can, you can take over for me and I trust you to, to do that. Or you can kill me and take the chance that a a worse version of me is going to appear. He has like this, he almost has like this peace knowing that no matter what happens, he's still going to exist or a version of himself will still exist. Mm. It's, it's crazy. Like it's, it's it's an interesting I've never seen that in a show. Like I thought that was a really cool angle. Yeah. Yeah, it's I mean, I think they did a good job showing that he's kind of the middleman that he's not uh an all good version of himself and he's not an all evil version of himself. He's right. a necessary version of himself. Right. Yeah. And and Sylvie doesn't take that well. But I think yeah. Loki realizes it and that's why there's that 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 battle. <laughs> yeah, no that fight scene was was pretty intense. It there was. wasn't there wasn't a lot of like hand-to-hand combat. No. In this show and that was like that was really good. I really enjoyed that. Uh I really worried that she cut Loki's throat, but Right. Well, they've then, already faked out with his death once in the show. We kind of skipped over that moment when they kissed, when he kissed himself. It was really yeah. weird. <laughs> and then he loves himself. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so funny. He loves himself. He's still taking yeah. care of only himself. Yeah. Himself. Yeah. It's pretty. It, there's so much into this. It's so packed with. I, I like it. I like I, I like where the writers went with this. This is probably one of my favorite uh, Marvel shows um, so far. Well, I mean, even compare, even if you add on the uh, the Netflix Marvel shows, um, oh, I right. would say it's my favorite. Yeah, right. Like it's so it's so packed with the six episodes, which uh, you know, running time was an issue I had with the Netflix uh, shows. Mm-hmm. Uh, WandaVision was was fun and enjoyable. Yeah. 
I I was patient with it. I know other people weren't about getting to the whole point of it, but it's it was still really fun. And Falcon Winter Soldier, you know, it was mostly based off of action and uh, reconciliation. But uh, I think this is just like from a production standpoint, from a writing standpoint. Uh, I mean, I feel like they went all in on Loki. No, I agree. Absolutely. Absolutely. And yeah, like you said, James can't wait for the second season. Right. Right. I, I mean, I, I knew he was going to die. I knew Sylvie was going to uh, somehow stab him. I didn't see her sending Loki back. That was crazy. Yeah. And how frantic he, things changed. And as he's running down the hall and he, he sees uh, Mobius and he's trying to tell him what's going on and they don't know who he is. Oh, there was just it was it was heartbreaking <laughs> like that. Even the silly thing in itself. And then like that was just adding on to it is oh. it's like, who are you? Like what? And that's just like, oh, man, oh, that, no. that one just hurt. It's, it it was, did. All that relationship building oh, is awful. And then he goes out and he sees the statue. <laughs> He's like, oh, no. Oh, I can't wait. I can't wait for season two. It's going to be great. Yeah. I thoroughly enjoy it. Enjoyed it. Do you guys have any more to say about any other points to go over? We skipped. Well, the main director, uh, Kate Heron, um, said publicly that she's not going to be there for season two, um, that she was just mainly focused on season one. Whoever's taking it over, I hope that they have the same the the same craft for it. The same. Oh, me too. Me too. That's the only thing I worry about. Yeah. Oh, gee. Yeah. No, it's, it's great overall. And I would say even if you're a passive Marvel fan. It's definitely something you got to check out. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I really I went into this series. I thought this was kind of going to be like the lowest stake series. I thought it was just kind of <laughs> almost just like a one off. Like, I really thought it was going to be relatively similar to kind of the what if series. Is that was right. gonna just, oh. well, this is a fun way of kind of like playing with this and, you know, you know, giving some more character development and just more screen time to Tom Hiddleston's Loki. But it, I mean, this really turned out to be maybe one of the highest stakes, especially the ending, one of the highest stakes it's going to set up. I think at least the next three or four Marvel movies with Spider-Man, Doctor Strange, Ant-Man and the Wild, you know, Quantumania, all this stuff is it's really, I think, set it up even more than WandaVision, which I thought was the one that was going to set it up as I think kind of what happened in the right. end was really, is really geared towards that, which really surprised me. I was like, wow. It, yeah. That kind of hit a lot harder than I expected it to. This right. was the powder keg. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When you no, thought it was I, just going to be lead in, it's going to be yeah. <laughs> a huge explosion into all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I think it was done very well. And yeah, I, I'm looking forward to the next season for sure and all the movies that come after. So this is this has been this has been great. I'm I I I, I definitely think Disney Plus is worth <laughs> the money. <laughs> yeah, for sure. All I right. Mean, if they keep cranking out value, uh, you know, quality stuff like this, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I agree. All right. Cool. Well, cool. Uh, thank you guys uh, for well, thanks, Jarrell, for coming and uh, yeah, uh, thank chatting you with man. us. Really appreciate it. And uh, Robert, I don't know what we're going to podcast on next, but um, I'm sure we'll find something. <laughs> uh, Fast and Furious 9. Fast and Furious with us. They go in space. Oh, boy. It was a joke before, and now they go in space. <laughs> there. Saved you 15 bucks. well i guess that that concludes this episode of nerding daily uh we'll catch you next time